Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to the 50 Shades of K podcast with host Elizabeth K, a podcast designed to empower, enlighten, and entertain with perspectives that most women are thinking, but not always saying. This is 50 Shades of K. Mom guilt. Is it a real thing? You're probably nodding your head that it is. But is it really something that should be on your brain so often that you're basing your decisions off of this? Probably not. And that's what we're going to be talking about today with my guest, Dr. Jessica Larson, who I met recently at an event called the Motherland Series that happened at the Third Branch Creative Studios, where we talked about just the different perspectives we all bring to the table when it comes to mothering. And I was representing the stepmom perspective, and that's how we first connected. And I can't wait to talk with her today. Jessica, Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me here. And also just I wanted to say the Motherland event, your contributions were really important in terms of just showing us the perspective of a stepmom. And also you were so open. And I just think you it really benefits all of us. So thank you. Thank you. And so we connected at the event and then we connected later on. Finding out, I went to high school with her husband, Chris Larson, small walkie yet again. And we kind of started emailing about what we wanted this episode to be about and You cover so many different things with your practice. She is a psychologist, a wife, like I mentioned, a mother of two kids. And she also started a practice of coaching moms through her program she calls Mama B, Self-Care for Moms. Now, Jessica blends the science of psychology with the experience of motherhood to offer education, community, and support to women. And we could go on and on about all the different ways that it's important for moms to have self-care. But when you messaged me, you talked about how you yourself experienced burnout and you were having some health concerns because of this and mom guilt. So let's talk a little bit about what you went through and when you finally realized that you couldn't continue going on like that. Yeah. So I became a mom and I was a full-time working person. I'm a psychologist. I'm a child psychologist by training. And so um, I continued to just work full-time. I was actually working more than full-time when I had my kids. And over time, I ended up just burning out. I had a bunch of different health issues, really wasn't sure what was happening. After months and months of going to different doctors, trying to figure out what was going on, I finally had a doctor look at me and say, you're completely healthy. You're just burnt out. And I really needed someone to say, that she basically gave me permission to start taking care of myself and because so, you needed it yeah exactly and I didn't know it I think I had just thought which is what many women feel you just keep going 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 and then you realize 
oh my gosh, why am I so tired? Why am I so overwhelmed? Why am I so burnt out? And so when I finally realized it for myself, I took baby steps and I just started giving myself permission to take care of myself. And what I found was everything improved around me. My my relationship with my kids, my relationship with my husband, just my overall sense of well-being in the world and my health improved. And so what I've seen with so many women that I work with and women that I know in my life is they're going through a really similar struggle. Um, part of it is just American culture and the work ethic that we have and a lot of the pressures and kind of um, what we feel like we have to do as working moms. And we talked about that at the Motherland series that was sort of brought up. You know, when I talk to women and they say to me, I'm so busy, I'm so tired, I'm so overwhelmed. Part of it is I, I don't think People are telling the truth. Like, we clearly are feeling this way. And so much of it is related to our culture. And then there's this other piece, though, where we can take responsibility for some of the aspects of how we live our life and things like drawing boundaries, things like what am I prioritizing? How am I prioritizing myself? So there's ways that we can manage things better in our life. I don't think it's just on us, but I do think that there's definitely strategies that we can do to improve our lives. And so that's really where my business came about to help mothers with their self-care practice because I feel like once you start prioritizing yourself, so many different things open up in life, even with kind of the demands that just naturally happen when you go into motherhood. Yeah, that's just it. How can you do that when you you can't even go to the bathroom alone? Mm-hmm, right. Because you have <laughs> little ones that just want you and need you all the time. Right. I mean, I can remember my mom, when she'd come home from work, she would take a 20-minute nap. And she'd set the timer on the stove and she would tell all of us, don't disturb me for 20 minutes. And somehow she could fall asleep in that 20 minutes and wake up and make dinner and just go back, you know, back to her normal routine. But we would feel a little like, mm-hmm. where's what's mom doing? Where's mom? Like, we need mom. <laughs> and we did get used to it as we got a little bit older. But she was really adamant about 20 minutes. That's it. Like we were watching TV. We were playing. We were fine for those 20 minutes. We weren't. Very, very little when we were doing these things. Yeah. But what do you say to a mom that feels like, how? How mm-hmm. can I take time for myself when everybody needs me? And if and if I'm not the one doing it, no one else is going to take care of it. Right. Your mom had great self-care. That's excellent. I love <laughs> hearing that. That's wonderful. But I, I think like the point of what you're saying from the from what we think of as moms is we think from the kid's perspective, like that's where the mom guilt comes in. We think, well, we can't do this because my child needs me. But what happens is that we say that all the time and then we're never taking care of ourselves. And if you give, 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 eventually you're going to burn out. You have to give back to yourself. And so my overall message is that prioritizing yourself really is prioritizing your children. If you are giving back to yourself and taking those steps towards that, in the end, you're going to benefit yourself and everyone around you. I think like with what your mom, what you talked about with your mom, that's something that I would call and people in the industry call necessary maintenance, where it's things that you do every day or very regularly to take care of yourself. So maybe it's sleep or a nap, taking, going for a walk, exercise, those sorts of things. Like what are the things that you are doing in your life? to care for yourself. For many women, they are doing some things already. And so sometimes it's just good to recognize those. Beyond that, I would say if you really have like very little of a self-care plan at this point, I would say just start with something small, but get it on the calendar. That's a big Make piece. Make it just... like an appointment. Exactly. Actually exactly. have it on in yep. your calendar. Yep. For And again, it's like, it depends on your schedule, but if you can do it weekly, like put two or three hours on your calendar where that is just your time for self-care. And so I would recommend most of the time getting out of the house. Go do 
something, whether it, again, be a walk, go to yoga, go meet a friend for coffee, whatever it is, having something where you know that is just your time. For weekly can be really, really tricky for people. So if that sounds really like unattainable, try monthly. But get on a Google calendar with your spouse or with family or whoever it is who can watch your kids during that time and just start doing it. Now, once you start doing things like that, that mom guilt pops up, feeling like, oh, I really shouldn't do this. I really need to be here for the family. A lot of those emotions can pop up. And so one piece is to start recognizing what does it feel like when I have mom guilt? Because I have mom guilt, too. Like, I know how to manage it. And I've, I've worked with people in my life to help me manage it. That's another piece is if you can talk to, like, friends or for me, my spouse, my husband is a big supporter in my own self-care because he's seen the changes that have happened in our lives well, since I started probably, doing that. And he probably saw when you were going through the tough times. And exactly. If he's a loving, supportive husband, which in your case, I know he mm-hmm. is, he doesn't want to see that. Right. He doesn't want to exactly. see you like that because you're no good to anyone if you're like that. Yeah. They talked about that at the Motherland series. The woman that was next to me in the, in the panel, Andrea, mm-hmm. she talked about you can't pour from an empty cup. Exactly. And that has stuck with me. I mean, she said it four times. And every mm-hmm. time she said it, I said, amen. Yes, mm-hmm. you can't. Yeah. You're no good to yep. your job, to your kids to your partner, to anything, if you're, like we talk about, burned out. How do you manage, when you say you've learned to manage your mom guilt, Mm -hmm. how do you do that? The first step is to recognize that it's mom guilt. Because I think a lot of times we don't know what's happening. We just have these sort of negative feelings or our body starts getting tight. So really trying to understand, okay, what does my body feel like when I'm starting to feel guilty? For me, I have like, I'll feel like the pit of my stomach. I can feel it kind of popping up there. And then the next step is, okay, what can I tell myself when I have that mom guilt pop up? So it's coming up with some kind of a just one liner that you can say that's going to help you kind of just zap you out of it because it's going to pop up and it can really take over. But again, it really doesn't benefit you or your kids in the long run if you let that mom guilt take over. Do you have a mantra that you kind of say to yourself? Mm -hmm. Yep. Can you share with I essentially just say, I'm going to get through this. This is good for me. This is good for the kids. And so I'll say some version of that. And so people... Anytime you have some of those negative emotions popping up, I will always say come up with some kind of a reframe to help you work through it. Twisting that, because just now when I think about a work event, in my head I'm thinking I'm showing Brayson that I keep my commitments. Beautiful. And that I have have a job and this job provides us a nice life and nice opportunities. So you think about that, that he's seeing like she's working hard at her job and perhaps maybe he's seeing a work ethic, not seeing neglect even mm-hmm. though he probably doesn't even feel like that mm-hmm. because he's I mean he's a teenager he's in his own world right now exactly so just change it in your head mm-hmm. of you know if, if you are going to yoga it's yeah. better for you to be at yoga because you'll be more relaxed more refreshed right and your yep. kids will get a better version of you yeah and then the last part for me is what I mentioned earlier is having someone in your life who can hold you accountable to that and most of the time for me it is my husband because I will start saying those mom guilt things, I'll be like, well, the kids really want to see me and I haven't seen them all weekend or, you know, I've been so busy this week. I'll start with that. And he knows he'll just say, Jess, just go anyway. And so having somebody and it could be like texting a friend, like I'm feeling mom guilt right now. I feel like I shouldn't do this. Have that friend who can just say, hey, you need to go do it. So having somebody to hold you accountable to that. Because otherwise it can just keep you stuck. And then in the long run, too, like you're saying, what is it teaching our kids? We feel in the moment like we're hurting them. We're really not. And that's sort of the the confusing part about mom guilt is that we think that it is 
were somehow hurting people. And it's like you didn't do anything <laughs> like you, 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 you didn't trying... hurt anybody. Guilt yeah. is a natural emotion that should pop up when you actually hurt somebody. Like if I really if I were to hurt you, I would I should feel guilty and then I should come and try to repair it with you. That's a good emotion in terms of helping us but maintain right. relationships. You aren't hurting someone. Right. right. By yeah. prioritizing yourself. Yeah. They aren't looking at it that way mm-hmm. it's kind of self-inflicting mm-hmm. we're putting it on ourselves right exactly now what about these boundaries it's the holiday season people might be in households with relatives that feel differently about how you spend your time and what you do with your kids how do you handle that i think it comes down to getting clear on what your boundaries are and what it is that you're doing so For example, if somebody is coming at you and saying, well, what you're doing is wrong, if you know and can go back to, well, this is why I work out because I know that it's important for me and it makes me a better person and it makes me feel more fulfilled. Times are very different. And so there can be some of that generational discord when people say, well, in in my day, this is what, you know, what happened. Well, really, the reality for working moms today is we there's a lot more well, I can't say a lot more pressures. There's different pressures that we face today and there's different stressors that Definitely. we face today. When you look at just that sort of pressure to have and for many people you have to have the two full time working parents in order to make ends meet. And so you have a lot of different things. And then you look at just the pressures about, you know, having your kids achieve and we have sort of the social media influence and feeling like we need to put ourselves out there. So the reality is there's a lot put on people. And so the decisions you make are your own and hopefully you're able to make them feeling like confident in what you're doing. And so, yeah, so for kind of for boundaries, I would say really thinking to yourself, who am I? Who do I want to be in the world? How do I show up best in the world? And so if you can feel really in alignment with that then you can move forward, you know, when you're in these conversations to just stand by yourself. And if it gets negative, you know, that can be a boundary, too. Like when a conversation gets really negative or I feel really judged, I'm going to excuse myself and go do something else. But I would say, like, the best thing we can do is know what it is that, you know, how we're making the decisions for ourselves and then stand by those in those conversations. Well, and as a mom, you're an advocate for your for your kids, be your own advocate. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think with boundaries, too, what I find with a lot of women, especially, is around the holidays, we feel like we need to do it all and say yes to everything. And so it's like, oh, and I, yeah. I fall into this trap, too. There's so many different events. And I'm like, oh, I should bring my kids to the Christmas train and the, you know, Christmas carol and all these like wonderful <laughs> things that are out there. It's really hard to just figure out what it is that we actually need to do. And I think that's a boundary, too, to just say, OK, what am I going to say yes to this season? And again, it comes back to living with like that sort of it's integrity. It's like, OK, I'm only going to say yes to the things that really feel good for me and for my family. And so, I mean, hopefully that doesn't get to the point where it's like so overwhelming that you can't even enjoy the holiday season. But even beyond holidays, it's just this point of we really feel like there's this pressure to say yes, whether it's at work, whether it's at um, you know this, your children's school, so many different areas of our life. We feel like we have to say yes. And then we get to this point point again of burnout where you're doing so many things, you know, just bending over backwards, but it's because of what other people want for you and oftentimes not what you want for yourself. Yeah. We, we have a conversation like that at home where we talk about, I feel like I'm doing everything for everybody else and nothing for myself, mm-hmm. that your time is not your own. Yeah. And after a while that gets exhausting right. and saying yes to something. We've talked about this on the podcast and in, in past episodes, saying yes to something or saying no to something is sometimes 
saying yes. Mm-hmm. Like if you say no, I don't want to do that. It means you're saying yes to your personal time. Exactly. Saying no to an event means I'm saying yes to having my family just alone on a Friday night watching a movie in our pajamas. Right. Like that's what you're saying yes to. Right. What do you what do you say when people feel like, you know, we all want to, you know, we say yes to a lot of these things. Do you feel like you have to give an answer of why when you say no? What's your take on that? If you just don't want to go, do you Mm -hmm. say that? It depends. I mean, I definitely think if you feel like you are cool with saying it, then you can. I don't think you always have to. I really think it kind of depends on the situation. Yeah. Um, I think for some people that might be too hard of a step to, I'm not saying to lie, but sometimes less information is fine just to say, this isn't something that I'm going to be able to do this year. Yeah. Um, And oftentimes I think when people ask us to do things and we just don't want to do them or we we know that that's not something that you know we want to say yes to it's perfectly fine to I, I like to lead with gratitude thank you so much for thinking of me and this isn't something that I can do good so, idea and you don't always want to leave it open ended like for something for like in the holidays i mean that i think it's fine to just say i can't do it this year cuz um, everyone's calendars get a little yeah. crazy yeah so i think it really is just and you could say that really just doesn't fit into the plan that i have for this year we have so many different events and we've already selected the ones that we're going to do boom just maybe, leave and, it and maybe keep us in mind for next year if you feel yeah. that way if you feel like it's something you might want to do next year now sometimes this is true in like different ways in our life too beyond the holidays sometimes we feel like we have to say i can't do it at this time if you're going to say at this time, know that that's sort of opening a door for somebody to later ask you to do it. So if you truly don't want to do it, if it's an opportunity or a project that you're like, there's no way I want to do this, I really <laughs> suggest just saying no. Thank you so much. And if you know somebody who might be a better fit for that opportunity, oh, yeah, maybe suggesting, do that. hey, and I'm not saying to throw it on someone else's plate, but it's to say, you know, have you talked to this person? Or I know, you know, this friend really likes to do those kinds of things. You know, think of them. So there's ways to really be firm and be kind about it, but really but be like intentional stay, with your words. Yes, exactly. Be intentional. And what do you say to moms that come to you that say, I just have no energy? Yeah. They have no energy to even start. Well, self-care. Right. What, what what do you say to that? I would say, first of all, I validate the heck out of that because it's. I know that that's their truth. I think that so many women really do not have energy. We just feel like we're super overwhelmed or overworked. And we feel in this place where it's even difficult to imagine self-care. Like, well, what could I even do? I don't even know what I'd want to do, those sorts of things. So my suggestion is start with one thing. Start with one really small thing or really big, depends, but think about one thing that could improve your life that you want to start doing. Because sometimes I think, too, we think we have to go all in. Like, it's this idea of, like, if I'm going to start an exercise plan, I have to exercise five days a week for an hour, you know, and and you're going from zero to 60. And so really start with one small thing that you know you can do every day. And what you will find is that over time, you'll start integrating more and more and more. And that's been true about my own self-care practice is that I really did just start with some small things. And over time now, I have this really, I think, really well-developed intentional practice of caring for myself. And it's way beyond just like things that we typically think about with self-care. And, and so it moves into that that realm of boundaries. I'd say within the past year and a half, I've gotten a lot better with my boundaries. And I used to be, even when I was starting my self-care practice a couple years ago, that wasn't even on my radar. So it's like what happens is over time, once you start prioritizing yourself, 
just better and better things come over time. And it really also, I would say, if you have other women or other support system in your life that you can reach out to or start to build, whether that's online or um, in person, that's also going to be really helpful to have those people who will be there to support you because you can't do it alone. And a lot of parenting and mothering really feels like you're isolated and you're alone. And so trying to find other people who you can really connect with, even if it's one person. It's, you know, that's a really good start. And that's been some of the benefits of social media. It's been a great way to connect. I mean, social media is also sometimes building that competition or insecurities or anxieties. I mean, there is that side of it, too. And a lot of moms are also feeling that. But you're practicing what you preach. Mm -hmm. Like, that's that's what you're doing. And if someone wants to connect with you, you take on clients. Do Mm -hmm. they meet with you weekly, monthly? I mean, how how does that work? If someone's hearing you for the first time and they, they want to reach out, what would that look like for them? I would say the first thing I would recommend is follow me on Facebook or Instagram or go to my website because I have a bunch of freebies. Yes, and we'll link all of that up at 991themix.com. But I want to just quickly yeah. mention, if you want to find Dr. Jessica Larson on Instagram, it's at mama B be at mama B dot self care. And then if you go to Facebook, the Facebook page is Great. I mean, full of information. It's Mama B, self-care for moms. Again, we'll link it up at 991themix.com. But that looks like it's a really great, safe community for people to start some conversation. Yep. So we're building our community online. I have um, workshops that I do. I work with people in more of a coaching capacity, even though I'm a psychologist, um, and doing online courses, things like that. So everything um, that you can kind of learn from me, and if you want to connect with me, going online is the best way to do it. And um, also, you'll find that additional support because we have a lot of women who are talking about these similar issues and trying to support each other as we all, you know, I I always say, like, I'm not at this place where I'm just like, oh, I'm self-care practice done. Check. (laughs) No, it is a continual process every single day. So because life. Yeah. brings up different scenarios that you have to be able to react to. Exactly. And your website is drjessicalarson.com. She has the 10 steps to jumpstart your self-care practice. It's a free guide. And when you talk about reaching out with other women in that sense of community at the Motherland series, people kind of talked about, you know, do you think it takes a village to to raise your kids? And we've all heard that saying. And I brought up it takes a village for all of us as individuals. Mm-hmm. And that's something I think you and I kind of connected on, too, that that's important to not forget that. It's not just your kids that need teachers and a good doctor and good coaches and, you know, good, healthy friends. You need that as well. You need those people in your corner to help you. And maybe this is the group that, that you're looking for. Thank you so much for being here and talking about this, especially at a time of the year when it can get pretty stressful for people. And yeah. starting a new year, that's when a lot of people start thinking about, all right, what's 2020 going to be? And and I'm sure you talk about goal setting and, and, and ways to do that in a healthy way as well, because she's always updating her social sites. I mean, you're always <laughs> on there. Even just your Instagram alone. You have to follow Jessica on Instagram because you will post these quotes and things where I'm like, Hell yes. This is so right. This one, I'm looking at it right here. Before saying yes, ask yourself, one, what will I be giving up if I say yes to this? And two, is it worth it to me to give up these things? Right. 
hello, like that's perfect. That I remember reading that saying, amen, absolutely. Mm, yeah. So yeah. thank you for the work that you're doing and for speaking your own truth about it yeah. and, and your struggles and how you've overcome that. Yeah. Would you be willing to come back and be a guest on Fifty Shades of K? Yes, Because there I'd love are to. so many different tangents we can go down with this. And I, and I think we definitely need to talk more in a future episode. But connect with Jessica on social media or reach out and maybe, you know, you can become a client and she can coach you. Because when the mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And if you think <laughs> about the moms in the world, it's good for moms to take care of themselves. Am I right? Absolutely. Well, thank you yep. so much for being thank here. You. Thank you. This has been the 50 Shades of K podcast with host Elizabeth K. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.